destruction. In Jesus' name I command right now, by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name I command you to be quiet. And Holy God, I give myself to you. Take control. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, last uh, week on our online service, um, we tried to look up two books um, of the, the Bible. Luke chapter 24, and we, we looked that up, um, Actus ver uh, chapter 2. Um, the reason we did that, um, just trying to go through what uh, we spoke about last week, the reason we did that is because the story did not end on, um, on the book, uh, on the Gospel of Luke, rather continued um, on, on the on actors, and we see what Christ spoke to the disciples, what Christ um, has told them uh, on, on the book of on the Gospel of Luke. We see we see it taking uh, an effect on Act chapter two. Christ told them just before he was um, he was to, to lift to be lifted up to heaven. He told them there is a promise of um, the Father that that will come. He told them do not do anything, do not leave the city until you receive the Spirit of. Um, uh, the Holy God, the promise of the Father. And, and after that, he left. But if you remember, we also touched on what happened on um, uh, Luke chapter 23. Chapter 23 was where there was so much confusion, so much fear, and um, so much trouble for the followers of Christ. And the reason um, why that was is because just until that, that moment, just until that chapter, the, the disciples, the followers of Christ was, were hoping that, that they, they have a leader. They had, they, they had a leader until that moment. They, they had a prophet, a great prophet. Um, someone who they believed is going to bring them a freedom, freedom is going set, to set them to a greatness, basically. But we, we saw on, uh, on chap Luke chapter 23 um, where Christ was crucified, where Christ was taken um, to a, a cemetery, where Christ was uh, buried. So they, their hope uh, on that chapter, on chapter uh, 23, 23 we, we see uh, what they believed, what they hoped um, being uh, basically eradicated, being taken away from them. And that caused so much um, confusion, so much fear. And that's what happened on, the, on um, chapter, chapter, Luke chapter 23. And after that, we saw um, the two disciples uh, going away from Jerusalem onto the road of um, Emmaus. We see them out of their confusion, out of their, um, their, their fear, out of, out of their discouragement. They were, going, they were walking out away from uh, where the other disciples were. And, and you see in there... They, they, they hurt, they, they were so hurted because something that they, they have believed, now they lost. Now they don't have any more. Now they, remember, they, the disciples have left everything to follow Christ. They left everything they had. They put everything aside. And they believed what Christ has told them and they followed him. But now he's gone. So now they don't have anything. They are nothing at this moment. They are empty at this moment. So out of that confusion, out of that fear, they were walking towards the Emmaus road. And then we see chapter 24, Christ's resurrection. So chapter 23, the chapter seems ended. The chapter seemed finished. It was closed. 
Because um, I said last week, if you remember, when you put someone in symmetry, when you buried something, it's a form of conclusion. So you go to a cemetery to give a conclusion to someone's chapter on earth. So that happened on chapter 23. They buried Christ. They buried the hope. They buried what they have believed is going to lead them to um, a success and a great victory. So from that, they started going away on their own paths, on their own direction. But, but we saw chapter 24, Christ being risen again. Because Christ has already spoken about that. Christ did not come just to die. Christ needs to die and also resurrect and go to the heaven to complete the, 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 the crucifixion, to complete his, um, his offering to God so our sins can be forgiven. And chapter 24, we see Christ um, moving into the, their life again, trying to interrupt their situation. They are going away from him. They are walking away in fear. They are running away in destruction. But we see Christ walking together with them. With, with those two disciples, we see Christ. Uh, they are the, they're giving the story. They're talking about him. They're saying he was a great prophet. He was a great leader. Take a notice. He was. Not anymore. They, they're telling this story to Christ himself. They're telling him. He's walking with them. What's going on? What, what happened? And they're telling him, no, there was a, how, come, how come you did not hear about this? There was a great prophet. There was a powerful prophet, but now he is dead. We followed him, but now he's gone. And then we see further on, on, that, um, on that story where Christ sat with them. He broke a bread and gave them the bread. Once they ate that bread, one thing happened. They understood. They recognized Christ. They were able to see Christ. You see, Christ did not leave them through their, their discouragement. He did not just walk away. He did not just say, no, I died for them. They should have listened to me when I, when I spoke to them that I will rise in three days. They should have understood when I, when I invested in their life. He did not say that, but rather he followed them. He chased them again. He showed himself again. He made himself known to them. So they can understand, so they can see him. Because one thing that Christ knew, their problem is nothing. Their problem was not knowing him. Their problem was not understanding him. Their problem was not seeing him. We see on that chapter, the minute they saw him, the minute they understood him, the minute they were able to know that Christ is alive, Christ is not dead, they did one thing. They returned back to Jerusalem. They went back to where they were supposed to be. They lost their direction. They were lost. They were going out from where they were meant to be. They were meant to wait in Jerusalem because there is hope. There is, there is an assignment that they were meant to take. There was, God did not just trust them for that season. He chose them. He was, Christ was training them so they can proclaim the name of Christ. They, so that they can take the story of Christ. So Christ, in knowing him, in understanding him, in seeing him again, when their eye was opened, when, they, when he gave them the bread, and once they ate the bread, they saw him, they recognized him, and they were going back to <clears throat> Jerusalem. 
So we see, when they see him, they were encouraged again. And this is what I believe this morning God will do to us. He will encourage us. He will bring so much encouragement to us. If you come, if you came today expecting, there is an encouragement spirit coming to all of us. Because discouragement is very dangerous thing. This, see, people, someone who's so much, who's in so much discourage, discouragement can go all the way to, into ending his life. Discouragement spirit is not easy. It's not simple. Discouragement will take you out of your purpose. Discouragement will take you away, further away from where you're meant to be. It's not easy. That's why Christ was chasing after them, chasing after the disciple. Because there's a reason why you are discouraged. You are discouraged because you cannot see clearly. You are discouraged because you, your focus is now distracted. But seeing Christ again, seeing their hope again, seeing what they thought they lost again has brought them so much encouragement. And we see them going back. They didn't just return back. They went back and they, they started telling the other disciples that what they saw. We saw Christ. They told them all the story. Everything that happened on the road of Emmaus, they, they now start. They, they now become a witness for that story. And then we saw Christ again making an appearance to all the other disciples who were locked themselves in one room. Again, they were in so much confusion, similar to the two disciples. There. This, this ones, the, the, the rest of them, they were not going away. They were not walking away, but they locked them, themselves in one room. They could not, they were, they could not do anything. They, they basically made themselves uh, unable to walk because they can't go. They locked. They are in fear. They spoke about this Christ. They spoke about this Messiah before. They said, we have a great Messiah. They followed him. They were ready to fight for him. Now he's not there. So they were locked up in one room. But Christ, we see him showing up in their life once again after resurrection. Luke 24 says this. I want to read um, one verse. If Luke, yeah, thank you. This is the story um, that happened on, on the road of Emmaus. Verse 19 says, what things? Jesus asked the things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. This is how they, they've seen Christ. They've seen him as, as, as a great miracle worker a great miracle worker who's dead a great miracle worker who is buried that's how they've seen him they've seen him as a great teacher as a great messiah that's what they lost they did not lose something small they've lost something significant in their life that's why they locked up themselves in one room out of fear out of discouragement what did you lose in your life that caused you to be discouraged see they, they, they left everything to follow Christ and now Christ is gone 
and they are empty. Their life is empty. They have nothing. See, nothingness has controlled their life. When you don't have vision, when you don't have something to believe, when you don't have something to work for, when you don't have a leader, someone to follow, your life is in a mess. Then fear will take over because you're empty now, because you have space now to, to occupy something else. That's when the devil, that's when the demonic spirit will get a place to evolve in your life. Because you are empty. You don't have faith now. Faith is gone. They believed they had a, a great teacher. They believed that they had a great miracle worker. But he's gone. They are scared. They followed him because he was powerful. They followed him because they believed he is the son of God. And the son of God no more exists now in their life because he is buried. But we see Christ again appearing in their life and we saw the encouragement they've received and he, he appealed to all of them and he gave them an instruction. I'm not going to leave you anymore by yourself. Now I will give you. Now there is someone coming, a promise of the Father, a promise of the Holy Spirit. I am not going to leave you in fear anymore. I am not going to leave you in discouragement anymore. I am not going to leave you alone anymore. You will no longer be by yourself. You need to wait for the spirit of the living God. The promise of, see God promised, Christ is telling them, there is a promise from my father. He promised you long ago that he will send the spirit of God to be with you. He will not leave you. He will not leave you in your emptiness anymore. You are not going to be nothing anymore because you will have the Spirit of God. But he told them to wait in Jerusalem. He told them do not attempt anything. Do not try to do anything because you can't do it on your own. You will be discouraged again. You will be in fear again. You will be in trouble again. But if you wait, if you wait for the promise of the Father... He will give you power. Amen? There is power in the living God, in the spirit of God. I want us to go to Genesis 1, verse 1 to 2. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering, settling, remaining. I want you to take notice this hovering, being in control. There is an influence of the Spirit of God over the waters. The Spirit of the Lord was hovering on the waters. And we see after that, God speaking creation into being. We see God giving form to what does not have form. To the formless, we see God speaking form. We see God making things out of nothing. But Spirit of God was there. Whatever God speaks, Jesus, the word of God, 
yeah, the Spirit of God would make it into an effect. He makes the formless to have form. Only the Spirit of God can do that. It was shapeless, but God gave shape to the shapeless. It gave, God gave form to what is formless. God, only God can make something out of nothing. See, only the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God is in your life, whatever is formless in your life, then will get, then will have form. When whatever is in your life, that's nothing, that is empty. When you allow the Spirit of God, then that thing will be something. God can make something in your life if you allow him. If you allow the Spirit of God, whatever is in your life. What's, what do you have in your life that's formless right now? What do you, I don't know, I don't know, but someone, someone here, someone here for sure, I sense this. Someone's life is formless. You, you, you've tried so many things, but it's formless. It's, it, it could not get shape because you're trying it on your own. Quit trying on your own. Allow the Spirit of God to take control. Because just as God did in creation, in the beginning, just as he gave form to what is formless, he can give form to what is formless in your life. I'm speaking to someone now. See, your nothingness or emptiness gives Holy Spirit space. When you are empty, when you are nothing, when you remember, when you acknowledge your nothingness in your life, when you acknowledge your emptiness in your life, then that's where the spirit of the living God will occupy. That will become a space for him to remain, to settle, just as he was settling over the waters. And your nothingness allowed, allows God to manifest. See, God does not have a problem about your nothingness. He does not care about your formlessness. When you allow him, he knows that he can give form to what is formless. He knows that he can give, he can fill your emptiness. He knows this because he is able, he's God. He created something out of nothing. He can do it now. He can do it into your life. The Spirit of God was hovering, was resting over the surface of the water. This reminds me, Act 2. Can we go to Act 2, look? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of mighty windstorm. I love this word. Mighty windstorm. Mighty. It's mighty because whatever it comes to touch, it will destroy or it will make an influence. It, it will attract. It will be under that windstorm control. Have you seen on a news windstorm, a powerful windstorm, taking everything, destroying everything as, as it gets in contact? This is the word as I was coming to this church this morning, came to my, my, my hurt. If you allow the Spirit of God, whatever is the stronghold in your life, 
the mighty wind, the mighty windstorm, the Holy Spirit, the Holy God is able to make it under his influence. If you allow, if you really allow God, whatever, I don't know what's going on in your mind. I don't know what you're thinking in your mind. I don't know what is tormenting your thoughts, your thinking. But the Spirit of God is mightier than your problem. Is stronger than your situation. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Hallelujah. Settled. You remember Genesis 1. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God does not need to hover over the waters anymore. Now the Spirit of God, because what Christ did on the cross, he can come and settle on his believer. He can come and rest on me and you. See, this is not because of us. This is not because of what we've done. Don't think that you are not, you are not chosen. Don't think that um, God does not, um, does not want you to have the Spirit of God. No. No, he wants you to, to have the Spirit of God because it's a promise for the believers. Whatever you do does not just disqualify you from having the Spirit of God. Whatever you've done in the past does not automatically disqualify you from receiving the Spirit of God. Just all God needs from you is waiting. Waiting. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit here. You have the Spirit of God in you. The minute you believed Christ, the minute you accepted Christ into your life, you, your life, you have the Spirit of God. But there is another. There is something that the Spirit of God can do. He can come as a mighty windstorm in your life. He can come and influence your situation. That only happens when you allow Him. When you set yourself for Him. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Who? Holy Spirit. But who did? Who, who was filled? Everyone. Everyone. God does not discriminate. He does not discriminate. He's, he does not look at your face and say, oh no, you need the Spirit of God. No. Everyone who was waiting in that room was filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So the Spirit of God came and settled. He settled. He remained. Settled. Hovering, control, influence. But uh, there is something about, about toge togetherness, about unity, that really attracts God, that really attracts the Holy Spirit. Before he, makes, he made his appearance, Act 2 says they were in one accord. They were together in one room. They were waiting. I believe 
Wherever there's unity, there's victory. Whatever you, you unite for, whatever, it, it can be anything, it can be a bad thing. If you unite for it, you will go into some sort of achievement. These people, the disciples, the apostles, they were united in waiting the Spirit of God, in waiting the promise of God. Something about togetherness. Do you want revival? Do you want revival? Uh, when, when, when the word revival is mentioned, people think about church, about congregation. No, revival begins from you individually. Revival happens from you. Do not expect about someone else. Revival can happen from you. God can influence you. And you will be, you will take them the, story of the, 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 the story of Christ. Do you want revival to happen in your life? This is revived church. Eh? Revived church. Can we declare revival in this church? Do you agree? Are you united in this idea? Are you together in this? I believe if we unite and believe this, when you believe something you expect, when you believe something, you wait. And when you wait, you don't just wait doing whatever you like. No, you wait praying. They were praying while they were waiting. The promise of the Lord. Do you want revival to happen? I want to see a hand. If you really want revival to happen in your life. I want us to pray just for a second in, in unity. Those of you who really want your revival to happen in your life. We're going to declare together. We're going to declare this morning for God to be able to use us. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray right now. We are available, God. Holy Spirit, we are available. We come together today to pray, God. We come together to ask Holy Spirit. Revival is you manifesting on someone you're filled with your spirit. Is, is you manifesting, is you operating on someone you have controlled, you have influence over, God. So I ask this morning, Father God, with those of the people God, that who want revival, God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may you be influencing our life, God. May you take control, Holy Spirit. I pray with you people, God, today we unite and ask, God, for a revival to start in our life, Lord. For a revival to break out to, to, to nations, Father God. For your revival to start from, from everyone, Father God. And we say yes, God. We say yes to take your power, Lord. We say yes to take, Father God, your story, Lord. We say yes, God. For you to use us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare revival. We declare power in this place. We declare power, Father God. We declare in this place. We declare it in our life, Father God. Take control, Father God. Holy Spirit, take control of our life, Lord. We say yes, God. We say yes. We say yes for you to move. 
to move over our life, Lord. We say yes for you, God, for you, Holy Spirit, for you to take, to take control of our life, to take control of our situation. Whatever you want to do, God, we want to be under your influence, Holy Spirit. We want to be under your control, Holy Spirit. So this morning, I declare, God, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, those of you who want you, God, who want to see a revival on their life, Father God, I declare, may you take over, Lord. Take over, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Believe it. If you believe it, just like the disciples did, God can take over. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God came and settled, and they were filled um, by the power. And there's something about settle, settling. Settling, you settle if you're comfortable. Settle. See, when you move house, you know, um, if, you, if you rent a house, you are always in conscious that there, there's something you need to sign. There's a lease, there's a contract you need to sign. Yes, you do settle but for a period of time. When you own a property, you settle. You s there's, there's, a, there's a spirit of settlement. You are relaxed, you are comfortable. It's similar word here. The spirit of God was settling. He was comfortable in that environment because he, he now influencing the situation. He came like a mighty windstorm. He is, he is, everyone in that room was under the spirit of Holy Spirit's influence. So he was, he was settling. I want us to look at this verse and I'll finish with this. John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me. And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We see here the same word, settle, remain, hover. This is Christ telling them that unless the branch is connected to the tree, unless the branch is remaining in the, on the tree, you cannot bear fruit. Fruit is given product for, for you being attached to the tree. For you being remain on the tree. See, same thing I see here. The Spirit of Lord, the Spirit of God was settling, was influencing, was in them. He filled them. That means he, he is now in them. He, is, he, he, he got control over their life. Christ is, say, Christ is telling them here, allow me to be in you. Allow me to, to remain in your life. And also, uh, you in me. It's, it's to be in Christ. And to make dwelling space for, 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 for Christ in your life. For the Spirit of the Lord in your life. When he says to remain, to remain in you and you in I. Is, 
for you to allow me have a space in your life. For you to, 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 to give me influence over your life. I don't want to visit you, but I want to remain. I want to stay in your life. I, I don't want to just come and influence you every Sunday. No, I want to be with you Monday, Tuesday to Sunday to remain. I wanna, it's, it's, Christ is telling them, I want to be with you throughout the week. And I want you to be in me throughout the week. This word is, is talking about you, being, you exist in God's environment. You be consumed by the Holy Spirit. So his righteousness, his holiness is guiding us. When he is in us, he's, he's, it's not your righteousness anymore. It's his righteousness. It's his holiness. It's his power influencing your life when you are in him. And, and when he is in us is when we are able to host his presence. To host, to carry the spirit of the Lord everywhere we go. To make space for him throughout our day. This is a conscious decision to recognize the spirit of God in us. It's a conscious decision to allow the spirit of God move in our life. See, no one you see in the church, anyone who preaches, anyone who sings, can give you the spirit of God. No one. My lifestyle, you can, you can look at my lifestyle and say, oh, he's living like that. So why I bother? You're missing the mark. It's not about me. It's not about the preacher. It's about you and God. It's about you and the spirit of the living God. If you allow the spirit of God in your bedroom, he will influence you. He will touch you. So the question is not, it's not, it's not the church the church is not praying about the Spirit of God. It's not about that. The leaders are not, are not inviting the Spirit of God. It's not about that. It's you. Are you inviting the Spirit of God? Yes, it's good for church to make space available for the Holy Spirit. Like the leaders do in this church. Praying every day. Praying for you to be filled in the Spirit of God. But it's you. It goes all the way to you. It's, it's a question of individualism. What do you do? How do you look for Christ? How do you, where, do you, where do you draw your power? Where do you draw your strength? Where do you go when you are overwhelmed? By whatever is going on in the world. What, what, does, come, what, what does it come in your mind when, when discouragement arises? There's a story on the, on the Bible, the story of uh, Gideon. Gideon, Gideon was, uh, at that time, there, there, there was Midianites who, who were so oppressive for the, for the people of um, Israel. They were oppressive. They were taking everything, um, everything they had. They were so oppressive. So the, the people of Israel, they built shelter away from the Midianites. They built strongholds. To, to, but they are scared. They are in fear. So they, they built their own shelter in, out of fear. Gideon was one of 
those people who, who are sitting in fear. I want us to read just Judges judge 6 and we'll pray. Look, can we go to Judge 6, uh, verse 11, please? Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joshua of the clan of Abezer. Gideon, son of Joshua, was threshing wheat at the bottom of wind press to hide the grain from the Medanites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, Lord is with you. Mighty hero, Lord is with you. You see Gideon's situation. You see how he was. He was, he was hiding. He was in fear. But the angel of the Lord comes and says, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And then after that, we see, I don't want to go through the, the whole um, uh, chapter, but after that, we see Gideon reasoning with, with the angel. How, how, asking, how can you say that? How am I mighty? How am I a hero? How am I a warrior? My situation does not tell me I'm a warrior. My, where I am right now, I'm hiding. But we see God um, uh, telling him to go in my strength. God's problem was not Gideon's situation. God's problem was what Israel has done to be in this problem. They've done, verse 1, if we, if we look at, they've done, um, they've done something to upset God. They've, they've run away. They've walked away from God. They've done evil things, and God has left them. That was God's problem. But when they cry out, when they pray, the angel of the Lord comes and says, Gideon, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. This is what I want to leave with you this morning. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. What you do with that is up to you and me. Gideon was so discouraged, like all the Israelites were at that time. They were in fear. They were in trouble, just like how the disciples were when they lost everything, when they lost their hope. But Christ showed up. And to Gideon, the angel of the Lord came and said, You are mighty. You are a warrior. You, not because of what you do. Not because of you. But uh, because I am with you. Church, today I'm telling you the Lord is with you. You are here for a reason. I don't think, I don't think you, you didn't have anywhere place to be this morning. When you decide to come to church. There is a reason you are here. Or I believe. I believe the spirit of God wants you to be here. And listen to this word. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. There is the promise of the holy God. There is the promise of the Father. There is the Spirit of God who, who is, is ready to overtake, who is ready to influence our life if we allow him. If we say, yes, Lord, 
If you are tired of the way you're living, if you are tired of your situation, if you are confused with what's going on, I can't solve your confusion, but God can. But the Holy Spirit can. If you are confused with what happened throughout the year, whatever situation that you have in your mind, if you, are, if you, are, if you have so much question, why don't you allow the Spirit of God this morning to come and speak to you? I finished um, my message. Can we all rise up and just pray for a minute? What a wonderful God we worship, we believe. He didn't want us, he didn't left us to be alone in this world. How difficult would our life be if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit? Christianity is very hard without the Holy Spirit. Christ said, you can't do anything apart from me. You can't do it, it's impossible. Whatever it is, you've tried so much all your life. Today, I'm encouraging you to put it onto the feet of the, the spirit of the living God. Give it to God. Let's just pray for a minute. I'm, I'm, I want to give you a, a minute for yourself to just speak to the, the spirit of God. Holy Spirit is in this place. Just tell him your problem. Tell him your questions. Tell him your situation. Show him your confusion. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Here we are again, Lord. We are at your feet this morning, Lord. We are at your feet, Holy Spirit. You told us we can't do it on our own. You told us we are not able, we're not capable to do anything apart from you, Lord. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit. Whatever it is you people are going through, God. Whatever it is that they're showing you, Holy Spirit. May you have your influence over it, Father God. Mighty wind storm. Speak to him. Tell him your problems. Tell him, tell him your difficulties. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him, show him, God, this is me. I am empty. I am nothing without you. Just take a minute. What, what you say to God right now matters. He listens to you. He listens to what you say to him. He's available. He's present in your problem. He's present in your situation. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, 
Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy God, Holy God, Holy God, we need you, Holy God. We need you, Spirit of the living God. We need you, we need you, we need you. We need you, God. Without you, we are nothing, Holy Spirit. We don't want to go another day without you, God. We don't want to go one more day without you, Holy Spirit. Influence our life, God. Influence your people, Holy Spirit. Influence our mind, God. Influence the way we think, Holy Spirit. Influence the way we walk, Holy Spirit. Influence the way we worship, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Just as you settled, as you settled on your people, on the disciple, as you settled, God, the Spirit of God, I pray that you settle on our situation. You settle in our life. You have a space in our life, God. You have a space in our mind, God. You have a space in our house. 